0: This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, episode 28. Hi everyone and welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm Brett Duncan and I am at the Influence Leadership offices today with Chris Fuller. <laughs> hey Brett, how are you? I'm great. It's a good day. It is a good day. It is a good day. We're going to, you know, it's been, I really like kind of the progression we've gone on because you started off uh, this latest kind of series of, of episodes on talking about maturity. Yeah. Right. So go back. If you haven't listened to that episode, listen to that word of the year for Chris and now for many of us, but building off of that, each episode is really kind of sharing a new component of here's what maturity looks like in terms of well, in the terms that you kind of set forth in that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we talked last episode about taking on that that ownership mentality, right? Leadership is ownership and responsibility. And we got to a certain point to where, okay, what is it we own? And we said we own the mission. Yes. And we own the methods. Yes. Right? Yep. Today we're going to dig into owning the
1: methods. Owning the methods. So we, one of the things we said, you know, obviously we said you got to marry the mission, man. Whatever that mission is on you've got to make that your own but the methods are going to change and i guarantee you you know what was it in the uh in the, one of the most famous sayings i think was by a uh a market segment leader for ibm who said the personal computer has a market of three <laughs> so if you hold he ma- on he nailed to- it
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you hold on to outdated methodology you're going to be behind the curve right, right. So we want to make sure that we date the methodology. We need to have methods, but we don't need to marry the method. We need to marry the mission while we look for any sort of systemic process improvements for the methodology.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that being said, you are as a good leader, a responsible leader, a leader that owns it. Yeah. You are constantly looking at the methods, right, to make sure it matches the mission.
1: Absolutely. And, and make sure it matches the environment, right? So in the Iditarod example, the Iditarod race example, the conditions on the trail change all the time. And, you know, there's a, there's sort of a saying, a quippy-ism that is uh, you never step into the same river twice. Mm-hmm. You never run the same race twice. And so as we get into that, the methodology has got to map. Mm-hmm. to the present circumstances and yesterday's methodology may not work, but we have to have a method to the madness. And so uh, we want to walk, <clears throat> excuse me, both lines, between the having that adaptiveness. But it's easier to be outside of the box and to adapt if you have a plan in the beginning. You, you right. mentioned last time, hey, no plan survives the battlefield, right. but to go into the battlefield without a plan is pretty much suicide. Yeah. So how do we make sure that we have the plan, we have a method, but we certainly want to be adaptive and nimble, agile, if you will, within that, um, that marketplace methodology? Well,
0: a lot of people get caught up in just the methodology, yes. right? And, so, and that's really kind of almost the first danger to look out for is it's not just about having a methodology, but about having being strategic about your methods right absolutely so
1: you know one of the strategic pieces for me is do we have a strategic um, uh, plan around around people around product around process Mm -hmm. so and, and if we don't have a strategic plan around you know for the most important piece for me is customer. Mm-hmm. And on a customer plan, your my methodology is, can I meet with them on an annualized basis, on a quarter basis, and make sure that I have this consistent serving of the needs of the customer. So if I know what the customer's asked for for the last three or four quarters, then if I can put that intel together, I can map my methodology going forward. So. One of my key, key methods is to stay close to the people and processes that matter most. And so, you know, within that particular piece, you can, you can adapt if your methodology mm-hmm. is to constantly be sensitive to the methodology where it succeeds and where
0: it may need to be adapted. Mm-hmm. Well, and this goes back to, to, to something you always preach is making sure when you're successful, also knowing why you are successful, right? Those, those methods... That are there, um, you know, and making sure that, hey, how do I apply that? How does that continue to apply? And then, yes, it might duplicate, but as time passes, also those same methods may no longer work, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and it's just being
1: sensitive to it. I mean, yeah. what's working, you don't necessarily want to change unless you believe that you can let go of that to something better. So, we don't change just for the sake of change. I guarantee you, there are so many leaders that I've been around. That there, are people come to me and go, we're changing because it's different, yeah. not because it's better. Right, and that's wearing us out. So we want to make change for the sake of improvement. We don't want to make change just for the sake of doing something different, um, because you know, if you're a uh, if you're a leader, sometimes you just get bored with yeah. some things. Yeah, and so we don't want to stay too long. We don't want to move too fast. We gotta we gotta get that that just right. And that goes back to our point around maturity, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be immature. You don't want to wait until the fruit is on the vine spoiled so we got to hit that sweet spot of um, that maturation that ripe um, place on it.
0: I'll give you an example that kind of comes to mind here on methods kind of taking over you know on the mission right so I have a a client I work with several clients uh, on helping them like with their content marketing right And, and this client is awesome because they produce content like nobody's business it's great right it's yeah. like normally that's where people struggle that's yeah. where i struggle that's where we all struggle not for them they just are pumping it out pumping out pumping it out but it's like going out into a you know a black hole it's right hey nobody knows it's here right so we need to bring people in so we've done some social media stuff and you know we'll do things on facebook and and facebook's great um but you'll get these insights from facebook and again the the insights and the analytics you can get from like a facebook page are really cool But what they send you on a weekly basis, oftentimes what it does is it compares this week to last week. Right. Okay. Which, again, handy. But, you know, in the long game, and that's not even that long a game, one week might have been really good for reasons, you know, Who whatever Who knows reasons. why? The right. why behind the what. Yep. Yeah. This week might have been a really good week, too, but compared to last week, just was absolutely horrible. So this client, I'll get emails almost every Monday. Actually, I, I only get them on the ones where the two weeks back was a really good week, right? And this yeah. one wasn't quite as good. It's like, what's going on here? And it's like, you know what? We are... Our, our job here isn't to uh, get reach necessarily or get likes necessarily. Right. We're trying to drive traffic back. And so yes. I'll pull up the Google Analytics. Right. And say, look, our traffic from Facebook has gone up week over week. That's what we're after. But if I was, and she gets caught up into it, and I can too, if I get caught up in this method of Facebook and I get caught up in the KPIs that that method or that channel tells me is important. Right. Which is easy to do. Yep. I can lose sight of the mission and all of a sudden I'm doing things that maybe isn't driving people to the site, which is the mission. You, you know, that
1: the one of the methods has to be if it matters, measure it. Yeah. But the measurement in itself is not the is not the total genius. Mm-hmm. So you have to contextualize the measurement. And that's yeah. exactly what you do by comparing analytics, if you will, Facebook's analytics are these, Google analytics is this. The mission though is to drive awareness, drive traffic. So each of these components are sub-methodology components where we're chasing the mission. Mission is awareness, brand management, traffic, all those things, and the method may change. Facebook, if Facebook ever gets to the point where, hey, we're better served by our audience. If our B2B audience is better served on LinkedIn rather than, you've got to understand that methodology can change. Mission doesn't change. Reach my audience. The method may change depending upon which aspect of that audience I'm trying to reach.
0: Yeah. And so just keeping an eye on your methods, right? Making sure that yes it's great to get caught up in the method especially when it's in line with your mission yeah um but remember you're dating the methods yeah so if it's time to move on move on right well and one of the pieces
1: if you're trying to figure out your methodology one of my insights is in my 151 Fullerisms is find awesome and copy it there you go benchmark the best yeah and internalize it to yourself and then replicate that for results. So I'm not asking you to be a rip-off artist and a carbon copy, but I'm saying, be smart enough to look at people that may be 20 or 30% further down the road than you. What are they doing that are critical components of their success? How do I make that some of my own? And then in that methodology, let me roll that out. So if you're not aware of what's going on, situational awareness, then essentially, you're gonna be either left behind Or you're going to try to reinvent the wheel on your own and it's going to take longer so why not look at some of these best practices on your methodology
0: yeah that is great input so you're being strategic you're putting your methodology together but it's strategic it's lined up the right way it you're going to constantly take a look at it another thing to look at is kind of what you're running from and to yeah yeah so Fill me in on that.
1: Well, you know, I say we're always running, right? Yeah. I mean, we're running. Yeah. So we're either running from or to. Yeah. So it's a couple of things. I'm, if I'm running from something, I'm always sort of looking back. And if you remember a handful of episodes ago, we talked about the, the 2016. And there's an appropriate time to look back and have that reflective. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, there are many, many kids, if you will, many children that are growing up. That essentially their methodology is, I'll never be like my parents, (laughs) right? I'll never be dot, dot, dot. Well, what they're doing is they're running from how they were parented instead of running to and identify what they value to be able to run towards exactly what they want. And so really the values and the methodology of, of what you want to run towards is such a key piece. And one of the things that I say is these decision factors are critical when you're lining up your, your, um, your goals, your future, your achievement. When you're running, lining up that mission, your values play a key role. What you're running to plays such a key role. And one of the ways that I say that is your values determine your yeses and no's. Your yeses and no's determine your X's and O's. So when we were looking at that, what do you value? What you value is what you say yes or no to, and your yeses and nos are going to drive your playbook, which is your X's and your O's.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about that too. On what's the what's the real, the deep, the 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 true goal, right? So I have a job, right? And I wanted this job and I wanted this position and all of this. Yeah. What? Hey, do I have that job? <laughs> you know, I mean, we can get caught up in climbing the corporate ladder, whatever you want to talk about, doing great at work, putting time in. Yeah. But then at some point you have to step back and say, okay, well, why am I doing that? Right. You know, and then you have to look at that thing and say, well, why am I doing that? Right. You know, and that's really where it gets down to values, right?
1: It does. And, and so it's kind of an interesting piece to know your own triggers, to yeah. know some of that. We've talked about that before, know that internal messaging. But a key piece of that is I've got a, a, a friend of mine that essentially... Someone told them that they couldn't do something. Mm-hmm. S- them proving that particular person wrong took their life for seven years down another path. Mm. All because essentially they were going to prove that not only could they do that, they could get a degree in that, yeah. they could attain. But again, what if you climb the ladder to realize, again, a Coveyism, yeah. the, only to find the ladders leaning against the wrong wall? Right. We've succeeded, but we've succeeded in the wrong sport. Yep. Um, so that's that's such a key piece to again you know going back decide the values understand the mission and then the method is going to be a little bit more the X's and O's but it's got to be a value centric proposition to become uh, and that might to, be
0: something too a future episode maybe we dig into. Because I have to imagine people are listening right now. It's like, I don't know that I really know what my values are. Yeah, and how do I come up with that? So maybe we can walk people through that down the road. Sure. yeah, yeah that'd be great. So so you're looking at you're identifying, you're being strategic, but hey, am I running to something? Am I running from something? But it's something I've heard you say that I think is awesome is, okay, are you are you working on a plan? Are you working on a fix? (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it it, kind of ties in with this
1: whole piece of am I being productive or am I being strategic in my productivity? We want to achieve, but we have to achieve the right things. We want to obtain, we have to obtain and attain the right things. So many times we are, um, our main methodology is to be pain avoidant. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many times we look at at just band-aiding, Let's put it together with bubble gum and baling wire. Let's get it to, let's get on the other side of it. And what happens is we never fix the systemic. So one of the pieces that I've said uh, many times is if something happens once or twice, it's weird. Um, if it happens two or three times, it's uh, a suspect If it happens three or more times, it's a systemic failure. Mm -hmm. So we want you to to work on the fix Mm -hmm. rather than um, than, than, uh, than working on the immediacy. But if you're only working on fixes, then you haven't taken a little bit of that longer view to work on the plan or the overall systemic. So an individual piece may be a fix. Focus on the fix in a holistic mindset, that becomes the plan. And then we're we're a little bit more strategic about it, rather than
0: just a little bit more immediate about right. it. Right. And if you're only focused on the fix, then something has to be broken for you to even have a purpose, right? <laughs> I mean, and you're always looking at you know at
1: what's broken, and right. and that that you know the larger plan. We need to celebrate the wins, right? Mm-hmm. So part of the race methodology and the checkpoint in the race is when you get to a particular point in time, know what you want at know what your team succeeded at and celebrate the heck out of those wins the methodology has to be twofold it has to be systemic but there's a people side to the process Mm -hmm. as well everybody's got to get energy off of that methodology we have to infuse them with uh, courage which means we have to encourage them to to get them to the other side
0: well and i'm sure you see this with so many people you work with but companies that Look great, and on paper, I mean, they, you know, bottom line, yes, they've done it. And even on paper, like, here's what we set out to do, and we did it, like, all accounts successful. And then you work with them, and you still see. You know little pockets of crazy and you know all of this and it just goes back to saying you know the whole process is messy right i mean yes. it's never going to be hey here's our documented methods and our plan and it's going to go like this and it's going to be smooth and yeah exactly. you know we're not going to make anyone angry or anything like that right <laughs> because people are involved yeah yeah
1: yeah the, the human factor i mean we're, we're not going to get it dialed in and and some of the key pieces around that brett are really um to to understand If you have perfectionistic tendencies, you're gonna be really wound around the axle on this. Um, So we need to have that, again, that right balance of we plan it, we strategize it, we line it out, but understand it may only, you know we may only work 80% of the plan, or there may be something come up, a competitive response, or there's a thousand reasons, but let's dial in on the methodology. Are we succeeding on purpose? What's the method? be a little bit strategic, a little bit longer term, uh, rather than the immediate. And I think that that really is what we're talking about, being able to achieve your mission, uh, your purpose, really.
0: Do so you think about being strategically productive. Yeah. Um, do any red flags come up that are common for people? Like, if you see this, it probably means you're not being as strategically productive as you could be. Um, if, you're, if you have a sense of...
1: I didn't get to my to-do list. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to, I have a thousand things still going on yeah. and I'm never able to make headway. That's a, the, the internally, you will start to sense tension and frustration when you may not fully realize that you're being immediate, that you're working on the immediacy, but something causes tension in you that you know, I'm doing the business wrong. Mm-hmm. I am failing to obtain, I'm winning, putting out fires, but I'm certainly not winning the war yeah. or the overall battle. I think you'll have an
0: internal tension, frustration yeah. that's indicative of that. That's a big one, that, that, that feeling like you're juggling, right? Like, you're, just keep the balls up in the air. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's certainly a, a, a telltale sign of... Yeah. Hey, something's off here.
1: And I'm spinning plates. And why yeah. am I spinning plates? And why do I want to go add another plate when even the plates I have, I'm struggling with. And the maturity, right? Remember our word of the year? Yeah. Maturity. Maturity means I understand how many plates I can be an expert at, how many plates I can be a rock star at. And if I'm adding too many plates, I love coffee. I love espresso. Sometimes yeah. I'll walk in uh, to the coffee store and I'll say, hey, can I have four espresso shots in a cup? We'll call it coffee. <laughs> I love intense coffee, yeah. but if I took that four, that quad shot yeah. and I poured a gallon of water in that quad shot, would it, in its dilution, even resemble coffee? Huh. Well, how many times do we do that? We are a quad shot person diluted by saying the wrong yeses and not enough noes. And as a result, our methodology is to scamper and to get on that wheel and run like a hamster without making strategic progression. We're simply in the wheel of life.
0: I've heard a a lot of metaphors on focus. I love that one. Something about because it wouldn't come even close to espresso, both in terms of just the function of espresso, right? It's like get me my <laughs> yeah, caffeine. The fast. function is <laughs> caffeine, right? Yeah, but yeah. also the flavors go, You know, I mean, all that whole espresso experience, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's shot. Yeah, it is. so that that's great. Well, let's wrap up. You talked about you know you brought it back to maturity. Which is great. I mean, everything comes back to that, right? So you have a few kind of areas that as you, as people look at their businesses and how can my business mature, these are some real areas that, you know, most businesses probably need to to at least uh, take account on.
1: Right. You know, um, one of the things that we focus on is just, again, um, to, to do a gap analysis, to do a situational awareness. When you do an awareness of what's going on, what's going right, what's going wrong, when we look at those particular pieces, Um, That gap analysis Mm -hmm. will really yield to a needs analysis and the needs come into this resource or development plan. And then it's like, so what is it going to take to really get this thing up on wheels? What's it really going to take to do that? And then how do I, so if I don't identify my needs. I'll never be able to obtain the resources. Yeah. If I don't identify my needs and my gaps, I won't know the people plan to start to develop my people into right the capabilities and capacity that, that will help us achieve or attain what we wanna do. So number one, really take a good long look look for the gaps and the needs so that we can then identify what we need to go um, forward. And then I would say, you know, I'm a big fan of of getting outside advice and counseling. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's the business I'm in, Mm -hmm. but I still do the same thing for me. Somebody outside of what's going on is going to have maybe a better vantage point or maybe just a little bit different thinking. And so I'm a big fan of looking at the methodology around outside advice or counseling. Um, accountability is a big thing mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of manufacturing organizations I'm dealing with now is can you help us with accountability we've talked about culture 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 but we need to have a culture of right. amazing engagement and accountability so it's what I call the "and" culture it,
0: it, it shocks me when like I do you know certain assessments too for companies and you know I've seen this trend maybe it's always been there but I've really seen it now on how they jump at the chance. Once you go through a great planning process or a gap analysis or needs analysis and they're they're like loving this clarity and they're loving this plan that they come up with, almost instantly they're like, We need help doing <laughs> like making sure we do this. Absolutely right? basic like you don't even have to pitch it or anything a lot of times. They're like, we understand we need that.
1: You know, that's one of the things Brett that I that I love jumping in on is they go, Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Now can you help us get it there faster? Because think about this. If if one idea across 500 people in a keynote of mine enhances their, um, their skill, and they sell or produce one more per person, that's 500 more units in the year, that's how many millions of dollars. Yeah. So the accelerant becomes having some of that third party to get us there faster, which is gonna build
0: immediate feedback, immediate payback, plus all the compounding effect on that. Yeah, that's great so you talked about kind of the assessments and the planning you talked about advisors and counselors you talked about accountability what else what else should businesses be looking at to? Mature? you know
1: again just tighten up the plan review the plan what's working what's not working where do we need to evolve the plan um, i don't want to take away our secret sauce but we got to make sure that the secret sauce is still what the customers want in a way that they want it and then you know so to look at that consistent plan And then for me, I'm always looking at, do we need to lead or manage the business differently? Hmm. So where does the business need me to adapt my leadership style or my management style to identify those areas where we need more And so every area of the business like those plates spinning is gonna need a little bit more focus and attention. So as a leader, I've gotta be able to step back, look back holistically at it and see where I need to insert my leadership and where I might need to alter my leadership. A little bit different piece. And again, back to the whole concept of ownership and the methodology, we've gotta own it. That's such a key piece. What are we not owning now? Is a question I'm asking executives all the time. What is your business not owning and where are you abdicating or where does your
0: organization have a victim mindset without an ownership mindset? This has been great. And again, the methods are kind of where the the rubber meets the road, right? It is. As far as pulling everything off that we want to pull off. And so I challenge you if you're listening today, ask yourself, are, are your methods as strategic as they can be? Are they truly aligned with your mission? And some of you might be answering that question and saying, no, they're actually not, they're off. Some of you might say, yeah, they're in line. So I would challenge you to, well, take a harder look. Are there methods that might align even better or that might uh, get you there even faster uh, than you expected? Um, obviously ask yourself, are you, are you fixing problems? Is that how you spend all your time? <laughs> are you actually coming up with a plan? And then go through this list of areas that Chris pointed out to, to uh, kind of check in your business and say, hey, this is how we can mature. Where can I mature in this area, this area, this area? So that is extremely exciting uh, and I think very helpful. And uh, we'll certainly continue kind of in this theme as well as we go. But I, I do want to thank you for being on the podcast today. And, um, you know, want to remind you, would love for you to rate the podcast. That would be certainly uh, helpful for us and helpful for anyone like you who wants to find it. Again, keep encouraging people to go to InfluenceLeadership.com. Absolutely. Not only do you see just a great picture of Chris Fuller himself, <laughs> um, but also uh, you can get for free instantly his 151 Fullerisms, uh, which uh, is a free download. Put your information in, you get it right away. The Fullerisms are awesome. They are quippy one-liners that really make a point. As a matter of fact, in a few future episode, we're gonna break a few of those down. Awesome. So that should be good. So go there, influenceleadership.com. That's all things uh, Chris Fuller. Definitely check that out. Uh, Chris, any final thoughts? I wanna just encourage you, it's the time to keep on keeping on,
1: right? Mash that gas pedal. Look at it, make the right moves. You have a mission, you have a vision, you have a destiny. Let's match our methodologies to that constant fulfillment of it. Add the accountability, let's go get it done. Don't give up now. Most resolutions and things, again, start to drop off. I want you to be resolute about your year, really adding that value, really driving that home. And I uh, would love for you to reach out via email or any of the social medias. Let us know your success stories and uh, talk about that, that'd be fantastic.
0: Awesome, so thank you so much for joining us today on the Influence Leadership Podcast.